salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Kamish, and we are going into week 11 of the NFL schedule. Before I want to start on the NFL, I want to touch a little bit on the NBA, the draft. NBA draft was yesterday. It was about 24 hours ago that we're watching the draft, watching the first round, watching the first picks. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to speak for anybody out there that watched the draft. Uh, funny enough, I almost missed it because I'm so used to the draft coming in uh, around June, right after the season's over. But, of course, everything being pushed into October, the draft obviously was yesterday. With all that being said, uh, the first three picks didn't really surprise me, and it probably didn't surprise a lot of other people out there that are fans of the NBA, uh, Anthony Edwards goes first from Georgia. Um, um, James Wiseman, I believe his name is, from Memphis. The center from Memphis went second to Golden State. And LaMelo Ball goes to Charlotte. Uh, the first overall pick, Anthony Edwards, went to the Timberwolves. And, and funny enough, when... I was talking to a few people, people that are familiar with the NBA. It's interesting how the, 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 the demeanor of the person that selected number one overall, you kind of get two extremes, right? Either you're very excited to the point where you're hysterical, you're crying, and sometimes out of control in large part because you're happy. But there's, there's also the side where maybe you don't expect to be number one maybe you didn't want to be number one which seems odd and sounds foolish but the reaction i got from anthony edwards and from other people that saw the beginning of the draft was a very nonchalant type attitude it was it it was it was a level of elation but it was more so like i knew i was going to be number one like i didn't have to worry so much about you know where i was going to stand in the draft and you know, I got to believe if I'm in his shoes and I'm his age and I'm his size and I'm one of the best talents coming out of uh, college basketball, I, I probably would be more ecstatic, you know, more happy, elated. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing things around. I'm hysterical. You know, I don't know if I'd be crying. You know, I'm not the one to cry. You know, the commission ain't going to be crying. But I guess the point I'm trying to make here is this. You know, when you're the number one pick overall, you would think there'd be a little bit more humility. And based off what I gathered, you know, it was kind of like, you know, well, if I'm number one, great, you know, and if things happen in my in my direction, great, too. But if if this is the type of player you're investing in, number one overall, and whether I'm speculating or not, if he's number one overall and you are about to take control of this franchise that's desperately in need of a guard obviously and you're the best player to come out of this year's 2020 draft and you have this kind of attitude this type of mentality it really sends the message of where this team long term is going to be never mind what happens over the next 12 months you know this team could be red hot they could be contenders going into the playoffs what have you but i don't think when we're talking about minnesota that you really get that vibe coming from anthony edwards and i, I could be wrong i could be dead wrong and, and hopefully i am 
but I would think that I'm number one overall. I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably the happiest man alive. Like I'm spending money at the bar. Everybody's getting drinks on me. You know, that type of attitude. But this guy's like, you know what? If I'm going to be there, I'm just going to be there. If you want me to play, fine. So with all that being said, I could be wrong. But it, it, that, that was the vibe I got from Anthony Edwards. Congratulations to all the guys that were selected in the NBA draft this year. Uh, I want to point out two teams before I go into any, the NFL football. Um, I wanted to bring up two teams, actually maybe three teams, outside of my Celtics. I'm not going to go into that. I don't want to digress on the Celtics right now. Um, but there were two teams that really caught my eye last night. And whether I watched this in full or not, I did catch a few teams that made picks in the first round. And one of the picks that stood out for me was the 10th overall pick from Maryland, Mr. Jalen Smith. If you're listening this evening from Maryland, uh, I, I think that the Phoenix Suns is in a great position right now to become contenders in the Western Conference. And you heard it first on the Kneel Down podcast. So if anybody else mentions it from this point on, forget it. They've been listening to this podcast. They've been listening to me. And I'm letting you know now, I'm giving you the skinny, that the Phoenix Suns right now will be the team to contend with in the Western Conference. Why? Because you look at all the other teams that are in that rebuild mold. Uh, they're, they're, they're trying to reestablish themselves as contenders. And you look at where Houston is. That that team is now, you know, destroyed. And you may see other teams in the West that may not have much left in the tank. You know, not really hinted so much on San Antonio, but I don't know what more San Antonio can do when you're looking at. Golden State that suffered a big loss with Clay Thompson. You know, my heart goes out to you, Clay. Hope you get better. He suffered a, a torn Achilles, allegedly, and uh, will miss the season. But you look at Golden State, you're looking at LA, you're looking at uh, Denver and what they did last year. And I called Denver to go far. With all that being said, these teams improve with their talent and their roster every season. And for those that might have forgotten, when Phoenix was in the bubble, they were the only undefeated team to play and not qualify for the playoffs. Interesting enough, Monty Williams, the coach, made it clear that he had uh, he had gained their respect as players and as men. And if that's not a sign of what's to come for this young Phoenix team, they just traded for Chris Paul. They bet the farm on this man. They got their man. Then they got the leadership intact. They got a very young team. They got Devin Booker. They got DeAndre Ayton. And now they got this guy, Jalen Smith, and a slew of other guys that played really well in the bubble this past summer. And I'm, I'm looking at this team, and this team could go far. This team could go far. It's I know it's premature. But I'm letting you guys, I'm letting you guys and, and gals know right now, keep an eye on the Phoenix Suns. That team is going to upset, upset a lot of contending teams in the West. Another team I was looking at was Oklahoma City with all the adjustments they made, all the free agent moves that they made, all the trades they did. They get Al Horford and they get a few other guys. 
uh, on that squad. And of course, they had a fairly decent draft as well. That's another team that may be contending in the West. It, it may upset some guys. They're gonna upset a. They may upset a few teams going into this season. But again, I like to talk about the NBA once the NBA is in full swing. But given that this is a sports podcast, why not talk a little bit about the NBA? I exhausted about nine or ten minutes on the NBA. I, I still I like it. I just don't love it like I do football. And I guess it's pretty evident at this point that if the commission is going to talk about anything, it's going to be the NFL. And with that being said, I just want to thank everybody out there again for listening to my podcast, the Kneel Down Podcast. Tell people about this podcast. It's going to get very spicy, very fast. It's about to blow up if it hasn't already. I'm feeling kind of good this evening. I haven't been drinking. I haven't been drinking and I have been gambling. So this is the natural euphoria that you get from me on a Thursday evening. And we just finished watching the Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks defeat the Arizona Cardinals. I am starting to enjoy. Listen to me what I'm telling you. I'm starting to enjoy this matchup between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. And I'm going to tell you why. I downed the Cardinals a few years ago when they selected Colin Murray number one overall. And I just knew in my heart that when they made that decision a few seasons ago or a few drafts ago, that this was going to be the major setback for that team in large part because they had just invested in another quarterback, the draft prior to Kyler Murray. They selected Josh Rosen and it did not work out at all. So needless to say, a lot of people lost their jobs, including Steve Wilkes in the same season that they selected Josh Rosen. So let's just say that that whole year, that whole season of football was a bust and it wasn't good. It was hardly productive. And so a lot of people, a lot of players and a lot of personnel lost their jobs. And so I thought to myself, they bring in this new brand new rookie coach and Cliff Kingsbury and he's going to go and select this Kyler Murray dude. And I said, I don't think this is a good idea. And I threw cold water. I was throwing shade on Kyler Murray and all this other stuff. And then when they selected him, I said, he won't do anything this season. <laughs> Needless to say, this man throws 20 plus touchdowns and is named the rookie of the year. So now I've got egg all on my face. And I'm looking at the way this team has been playing this year. They are tied or was tied for first place in the NFC West. And they play Seahawks. And this this is going to become a rivalry that's probably going to, you know, it's going to go for at least, I would think, five, six, maybe seven seasons, depending on how long Russell Wilson stays with that team. But I like both quarterbacks and what they do for that offense. What they do for that offense is that they create. They realize that they probably don't have the biggest arms, but they probably have some of the strongest arms in the league and probably the more accurate passes. And I don't have all the stats on me for both quarterbacks, but for what I saw and how they managed the game, it could have gone either way regarding if Cardinals were to score and win. They were trailing 
for a good uh, second half of the game. But it just so happens that with Russell Wilson, how he orchestrates this offense, it really speaks volumes as to where the Seahawks are moving into the later part of the season. And I didn't have, and I don't have Seattle to be a complete team for a Super Bowl. And if anybody watched this game this evening, the defense still gives me pause. It's something about the Seattle defense that is going to lose it for Russell Wilson, who is having an MVP season. And I said the same thing about Green Bay and the fact that Aaron Rodgers himself is having an MVP season, but they're not going to be able to move any further in that playoffs in large part because of the defense. And I still wonder what type of person Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the playoffs when things become more uh, intensive and, and the style of play you're going up against becomes more dangerous. These people are going to be headhunting, going for knees, whatever the case may be. And, and I'm, I don't want to make it dramatic, but the point of the matter is this. For where Seattle is, as well as they're doing right now, when they hit the playoffs, it becomes a totally different ball game for Seattle, for Green Bay, even for Arizona at this point. And the reason why I have the Rams winning the division in the NFC West, outside of the fact that they've been there, done that a few years ago, they do have one of the best, if not the best defense by the commission standards in the NFL right now. They find a way to minimize scoring. They find a way to neutralize the offense. And with that defense, when you've got Aaron Donald and then Jalen Ramsey playing the secondary, that's the recipe that you want for success. Seattle had it several years ago when they had the Legion of Boom. This is about as close to that as you're going to get. And so this is the reason why I'm putting so much emphasis on the Rams and not Arizona and not Seattle so much, but it's not because of Kyler Murray and it's not because of Russell Wilson. So let's make, let's make that clear right now. It's the offense that's getting it done. The reason why they won today, this even is in large part because of Russell Wilson. They did get a safety late in the game, but still Russell Wilson manages, creates in the pocket. He's creative. I don't even think he threw forward. He might have thrown for over 200 yards this evening, but regardless of all that, no interceptions, clean game, accurate game, very poised, and he got the job done. So if they do go far, it's because of him, solely because of him. So says the commission. Uh, two things I want to talk about before I give you my predictions for week 11. Uh, interesting enough, I don't know if anybody else has heard this story. The New York Giants, New York football Giants, I believe right now have a three and seven record. I want to say I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the exact record for the New York Giants. Right now, they are in second place behind Philly in that division with a three and seven record. Nothing to brag about. But I said myself that this New York Giants team is improving right before our very eyes. And I didn't want to I didn't want to over exaggerate when talking about the Giants. There's only but so much hyperbole you can give 
when talking about the Giants because the truth of the matter is they still stink. And that may not necessarily be hyperbole, but the truth of the matter is they are three and seven. So they really aren't a team you would brag about. But it's the fact that this team of the teams in that division looks to be the team that's in the direction to win more games than a Dallas, Washington or Philly team. So you got to give the credit to the Giants in the direction they're going right now, because right now they could be the most and well-disciplined team in that division. With that being said, head coach Joe Judge gets into it with the offensive line coach, Mark Colombo. They have words. Apparently there's no fisticuffs. No one's getting knocked out. But Joe Judge fires his offensive line coach in large part because of the verbal, as they call it, verbal altercation between the two. Now, if you're a team that is looking to progress, you're a team that's looking to improve week in, week out, you would think that everyone would be working on one accord. You would think that Joe Judge and the rest of the team and the rest of the coaches would be in sync considering that this team just won two straight games. The problem that I have with Joe Judge and with a lot of other head coaches is that as much as they run the ship, as much as they are the man in charge, I wonder sometimes if this goes to a lot of coaches' heads when it comes to making decisions. Decisions that whether other people, other players, other personnel can appreciate and respect. It's a question of if the decision the coach makes is the right decision for the cause right now. And considering the motivation that's being caused in that locker room with the Giants and the direction that they are and the attitude that they have right now, the one thing you don't want to do is set back the team by being dysfunctional amongst the coaching staff. It sends the wrong message to anyone when you see the head coach and the offensive line coach go at it due to a decision that the head coach decides to make behind the offensive lineman's coach's back, if that be the case. It's still the fact that you did not allow your personnel, you didn't allow your coaches, you didn't put these guys on the same page to understand what's to come moving forward. And you send the message that you are, outside of just being a very confident coach, you could be a very arrogant coach as well. You win two games, you feel like you're on a high, you feel like you could do no wrong, and so you make these decisions without really talking to all the other coaches. And then the other coach is supposed to respect the fact that you're the head coach. And you're supposed to just respect the fact that he made this decision, what have you. But you undermine the coaching staff to do whatever it is you feel is right for the wrong reasons. Now, I'm not saying that this will set the Giants back. Not that they are set back any more than they are right now, three and seven. But the Giants have been moving the ball. They've been winning. They've been looking good. They look great on defense. They almost beat a Tom Brady Buccaneer team on Monday night. So you can tell that there's an upside to this team where the ceiling has gotten higher with every game that they play. 
and I haven't looked at the rest of the schedule for the Giants, but you got to understand New York Giants that it's now about what you can do to gain and earn and own that division. And you don't want to disrupt that team any more than it is to this point. I'm not a big fan of Joe Judge, but that's in large part because I'm a Washington fan. But the truth of the matter is how he manages his team really will send the message and will probably predict what this giant team does moving forward. You hope that they win. You hope that they gain and win the division. But hopefully for what mistakes were made, and decisions were made it won't affect the giants so much that they can they cannot maintain their competitive drive so says the commission i am going to go into week 11's schedule for the nfl i'm going to predict the games for this sunday uh, we just saw for most of us we just saw the seahawks defeat the cardinals in a very good game and I got to believe moving forward, this is going to be one of the games you'll just have to sit down and watch throughout. You don't want to stop early. You don't want to get up and, and tend to something and miss a good play or a touchdown or what have you. But this is the kind of game that you got. And between Arizona and Seattle, and you got the Steelers and Ravens games. And uh, you've got the Eagles and Giants games that you like to watch. And I know there's some fans out there that like to see the uh, Redskins, I'm sorry, Washington's football team and the Cowboys who play next Thursday, by the way, on Thanksgiving. Just throwing it out there. These teams, these games are intense. And you like to see it. You like to watch the um, the animosity. You like to, like to see the uh, volatile people and, the, and the, I say ferocity a lot sometimes. And you like to see them get dirty, get nasty against each other. And, and you kind of saw that this evening. You kind of saw that this evening. But these games make for great television. And I like to talk about them, but, you know, I don't have a lot of time. So let me go into these games for this coming weekend, starting with Philly at Cleveland. Uh, we, we all know where we are with Philly. Philly's still number one in the division. They got to maintain that spot. Everybody is riding Carson Wentz at this point. Nobody feels as though he is the man for the job in Philly. I say pump the brakes. I know he's overpaid. Don't get me wrong. Carson Wentz may be an overpaid quarterback, but most of the quarterbacks in the NFL are overpaid. So let's get off of that and realize that this Philadelphia team needs a little bit more from just the team as a whole, as opposed to Carson Wentz. I'm throwing Carson Wentz a bone because I think if Carson Wentz does anything this weekend, he will find a way to defeat Cleveland's defense at Cleveland. It'll be a close game, but I like Philadelphia's chances on the road against Cleveland. Gimme Philly against Cleveland. Atlanta at New Orleans. Drew Brees is down for the count. Hopefully it's just an eight count and not for the rest of the season. They said he can probably come back within four weeks. I would have to differ if you're talking about a collapsed lung and several broken ribs. I'm not a huge fan of Jameis Winston. And I got to believe even though the Atlanta Falcons are looking to win, that Saints defense is going to save this team and they're going to crawl into the playoffs 
Give me the Saints at home against Atlanta. Cincinnati at Washington. Washington needs to win badly just for respect, just for uh, their good name. Whatever humanity is left in that team and that organization, Cincinnati is a hot team. The records does not prove that. It doesn't show that. But Cincinnati is playing good football. And I got to believe as much as Washington should win, Cincinnati is going to defeat Washington at Washington. See what happens. Detroit at Carolina. Detroit's another team that needs to win just to maintain a spot within the NFC North. Minnesota's been, been hot lately. Chicago has been cold lately. And Green Bay still sits on the top of the hill looking down. I think Detroit feels in their mind they can get, they can catch up with the rest of the pack. And so I think Detroit will find a way to defeat a Carolina team that has been decimated on offense. Um, I know Bridgewater is going to be hurt. McCaffrey may miss another six or seven games. Offense is going to be very pedestrian, very suspect. Give me Detroit in that game. Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. I'll say this much. Coach Tomlin gives all the praise to Jacksonville for the team that they are. But I got to believe as much as Jacksonville may be ready for this game against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh by now understands what they need to do to win. And it's not going to be Ben Roethlisberger that they need to win. It's going to be James Conner. Look for a big game from James Conner this coming Sunday against Jacksonville. Give me Pittsburgh to stay undefeated. Tennessee at Baltimore. To all my peoples over there in Baltimore County, over there in Anne Arundel County. I know a lot of people out there in Baltimore. Baltimore has to get back and play. They struggled against New England on Sunday night. They probably realized that they let that game get away from them. I have to believe they will rebound against Tennessee that's looking to win themselves after losing to Indianapolis. But as they say, home cooking right there in Baltimore. So give me Baltimore against Tennessee. New England at Houston. New England has to keep winning. And we all know why. Just to be in contention for what could be a wild card spot. Give me New England against Houston. Miami at Denver. It's going to be chilly out there. But it's going to be two a time out there in Denver. That Miami defense is solid. It is a top five defense where I stand right now. I'm just letting you know right now. Miami's defense is top five right now. Two will find a way to manage the game. Give me Miami at Denver. The Jets, the New York Jets against the Chargers. Go Chargers, go in L.A. I don't know what to say. It's a coin toss. The Jets defense has been playing better. But Justin Herbert and that offense has been playing better, too. They've just been losing the games tight. But they'll win this one against the Jets in Los Angeles. Green Bay against Indianapolis. Indianapolis has the best defense statistically in the NFL. They're going to give Green Bay some fits. They might have Rodgers running for his life. Give me Indianapolis against the Green Bay Packers. Dallas 
at Minnesota. That's going to be a great game. Minnesota's been winning. They've been red hot. Kirk Cousins is on fire, so to speak. I think Dalvin Cook is more so on fire. Give me that running game in Minnesota against Dallas. Sunday night game between Kansas City and the Raiders. Uh, What can I say? This is going to probably be the game of the week on Sunday night. I want the Raiders to win because they've been looking good. But we all know Kansas City is going to find a way to beat Las Vegas at Las Vegas. Give me the Chiefs on Sunday night. And then, of course, the Rams of Los Angeles playing against Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be a dogfight for real. Two great defenses going at each other. This might come down to who has the ball last and who has the best game going into the fourth quarter. If Jared Goff manages a good game, dare I even say outstanding game, I like the Rams to win in that they'll put a lot of pressure on Tom Brady, Tom Brady, have that man running for his life. Give me the Rams against Tom Brady's Buccaneers on Monday night. And that is the schedule for week 11 in the NFL. I'm going to talk a little bit more about these teams as a whole next week as we go into week 12. But more importantly, we're getting that much closer to Thanksgiving. We are about a week away from Thanksgiving. And so I am going to dedicate that show next week to a lot of people out there that deserve some recognition, some love. And I will do just that because I am still the commish. And you've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I wish everybody the best this week. I wish everybody a great weekend. Stay, Stay smart. Stay safe. The coronavirus is no joke, ladies and gentlemen. The numbers are still rising. Please be safe and be smart out there. Peace and love to everybody. I am out.